This episode of Dopey is brought to you by our friends at Aloe Recovery. Located in sunny Southern California, Aloe was created by our good friend Bob Forrest and his friends Evan, Jared, and Bob. And it was created as a place for addicts to be treated with connection and compassion rather than control. They have a staff with decades of experience in treating co-occurring mental health disorders, including severe mental illness. They make sure your detox is going to be comfortable, which is critical no matter what, but especially if you're kicking heroin or fentanyl or benzos or alcohol, you want a comfortable detox. They have amenities that would make a spa green with envy, including horseback riding, equine therapy, surfing, fucking sound bath meditation, and of course, the super spiritual sweat lodge. So if you're fucked and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California, specifically Malibu or Silver Lake, I would totally suggest going to Aloe. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by listeners like you in the Dopey Nation through the power and the passion of the Dopey Patreon. That's right. It's www.patreon.com slash dopeypodcast. And all of a sudden, the Patreon account is popping, as they say. There's three mini episodes available for free. Go to the Patreon Check it out. This week we have Dopey Nation member Scott Wick telling his story. We're hearing from people in the Dopey Nation. Please tune in. If you want to throw a few bucks, that always helps too. Also, we have the new Dopey merchandise store available at www.dopeypodcast.com. It is the last week to get the, uh, the Big Bird shirt. So I would, uh, if you want one, order it this week or it's fucking over. Um, if you have a problem with anything with the site, just write Brandon at SROprints.com. We're working with this company called SRO Prince. It's run by all heroin addicts in recovery. Write Brandon over there. He'll help you. If you're a woman and you want women's clothing, just know that those shirts run incredibly small. If you want ski hats or fucking snapbacks or stickers, I still have them here. 
I also have socks. I'm not shipping until I get my sense of taste and smell because I don't want to send the coronavirus. I only want to send merchandise. Enough of the ads. Here's the fucking show. And welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave, and I'm here. This is my favorite thing. It's it's now Friday, April 24th, 8.57 p.m. The show will be out around midnight tonight, and I'm sitting with the most beautiful woman in the world, the love of my life, the person I would... If I had to pick anyone to be <laughs> quarantined with, it would be her. Welcome back, Linda. Hello. And how are you feeling this evening? I'm feeling wonderful. And um, I'm not going to... Listen, I'm I'm promising myself I am not going to give Linda shit about sitting close to the mic because it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. The mic is so... The mic could not... (laughs) It's practically in my mouth. It should be in your mouth. Um, Yours isn't. Look, look, you see, I'm three inches away. You're like seven. Are your lips lightly rubbing against the Yes, I lick the the mic. I lick the mic in between things. Oh. See? <laughs> That's disturbing. Um, now, the COVID-19 virus pandemic rages oh, on. Oh, boy, yes. And, um, it's it, not, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It does a number on our family. Or going family. away, I should say. We should go away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's nowhere to go. It's everywhere. Um, it's done a number on our family. And, um, you know, physically we had it, but that was the least of it. Right. It's mentally and spiritually that we've been rocked by the coronavirus. Yeah. We've gotten into uh, many stupid fights just because of um, quarantine. Right. And um, and the lists that Linda's mother gives us to oh shop gosh. with are out of fucking control. Yeah. And I think I'm going to read the shopping list just so you know the kind of thing that you're dealing with here. Right. Linda's mother, if you've heard the show, she was on... Sue. Linda's mother's name is Sue. And if you heard this, the show she was on, you know she's a very... She's very particular. She's a very particular person. Very proper. So I'm going to read this new list. Oh, my gosh. Iceberg lettuce. Check the date. One lemon. <laughs> four Anjou pears. Halo oranges. Two Granny Smith apples. <laughs> small packet of pumpkin seeds roasted. Walnuts chopped, cauliflower only if no black spots. Yeah, it's very particular. Sugar in raw packets, not the two pound box. One quart plastic <laughs> bags, three quarter inch band aids. Yeah, that's my favorite. I swear to God. No, it, keep reading. It goes longer than that, doesn't it? She wants two it has boxes. To be fabric. It can't be the plastic. One half ga- gallon of Tropicana original orange juice, no pulp. 2% organic milk. I, pistachios, I called her in the store. It's funny because when I was at Costco, I called her about the pistachios because I was afraid because she's so particular. Oh, no, 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 no. I swear to God, the list is as though it's a test. Like, it's not real. She wants to see if and you, you can... And you failed the test the last time. Every time. And I know Dave 
did the shopping the last time for my mom, and she goes, oh, Dave kind of messed up a bit on some items. And I'm like, okay. And then she was saying, she goes, well, he got asparagus, but all the tips were, were rotten. She was like, we couldn't eat any of them. She was, she was, and then, and then and that I, was one of the notes on the list. It said I asparagus, a, but make sure the tips, tips. aren't rotten. And then I did a shopping, and then I got raspberry. I think I got raspberries. And she goes, she goes, Linda. She goes, the raspberries, they weren't that good. She was the ones underneath, and I was like, well, they looked fine. She goes, it was the ones underneath. And I'm like, well, I'm not allowed to open them up during the fucking coronavirus and inspect the, the, the raspberries. I'm standing in front of oh the pistachio. God. I'm having anxiety. Can we not talk no, about no, this? No, no, I'm standing in front of the pistachio section, right? And I see salted, roasted, unsalted, whole shell. And I'm looking at, I'm like twitching. I'm looking at right. the list. She likes the whole shell. I'm looking at the phone and I'm like, which one, what do I get? So I call her up and she goes... Hi, Dave. <laughs> and I'm like, hi. And I go, and I said, I've got good news and I've got bad news for you. And she says, okay. She goes, hold on. And she goes, Lynn, I've got to get off the phone. She oh, she's talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> she, and she goes, and she goes, she goes, what's the bad news? I said, I'm shopping for you. And she said, oh no. She got so upset. <laughs> I'm very, I'm, I'm very good at it. I know her. And then, and she, and she goes, well, she goes, well, what do you need? And I said, well, I'm standing in front of the pistachios. What kind of pistachios do you do you want? And she goes, you know, whole shell. I said, I don't know. Tell me what kind do you want? Yeah. She goes, well, I like them lightly salted and roasted. And I said, well, they have lightly salted and roasted, and they also have just light salted, and then they have unsalted. She goes, no, just get me the lightly salted. I said, Sue, they have the lightly salted and roasted. She goes, get me those, but I don't want a big bag. I said, Sue, I'm going to get you a big bag because I don't want to get them again. Right. Get the big bag. She no. goes, I don't want the jumbo bag. Right. And then the same thing happened. That's with what the, happened when I was at Costco. The same thing happened. And it was the same price. I go, but you realize it's the same price at Costco as the small bag at a normal store. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I love like, I love the no, no, no. Oh, um, I can't. Can we not talk about this? And, I, I'm now I'm, feel, I'm like sweating. Linda and I got into almost a fucking death match when she said to me... Um, She's like, and she talks just like her mother, so the impression's going to be the same. She said, Dave. I said, what? She goes, me and Nora want to watch Where the Wild Things Are. And I said, I said, oh. She goes, she goes, don't you think we should watch it? I said, I don't think it's that good. She's like, she like, she's like, you, when you saw it with me, you were like, you were, you were crying your eyes out. I was like, Lynn, my mother had just died. You uh, liked that movie. That the movie soundtrack tra- was so good. It traumatized me. I have trauma. My mother had just died when we saw that movie. Okay, but, but that you, doesn't mean that everyone's going to have the same trauma. But I, why put me through the same trauma again? Of course it's not going to traumatize anyone else, but I've been traumatized. And I was like, I don't think it's a classic, and you fucking lost your... We fucking didn't talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, 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 Dave and I grew up very differently where my parents would do anything in their power to make the kids feel empowered. And Dad, I hope you're listening, by and the way. To make, and, and, and they, they weren't critical. If they knew that we wanted to watch something, they would be like, oh, that sounds really good. Let's do it. And even if they didn't want to, they would shut the hell up and they'd watch it and pretend like it was the best thing they ever saw. I don't think Dave's parents followed the same. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't like the anything. Same I, method. Nobody ever said anything I ever did was good until Dopey. And my dad has a lot of well, criticism. That's like Grandpa Allen making fun of you know things. 
Um, you know, not not to say he makes fun of like the I have to talk quiet like the Easter Bunny and Santa. Sometimes. Yeah, he can't. He sometimes can't. I'm looking at Grandpa Allen like he blows it every Nora time. Nora believes in this shit. He act had, like it's cool. He didn't. He's he's blown it a bunch we of times. Have to be quiet because Nora's downstairs. She's probably listening. Um, but the point is that we get through these blood feuds and we come out on the other side. And I'd imagine you guys out there have similar things going on. This quarantine thing yeah. is crazy, you know? It's crazy. Yeah. It, well, it's because of what's it called? A, um, like a pressure cooker. You know, right. like we're all like things that you would normally just say, okay, whatever. And then you kind of go to bed and you go to work. Now you wake up in the morning and it's Groundhog's Day and you're together again and again and again. And you can't. Just uh, it's difficult. Let, just let it let it go. Um, yeah, it's difficult, but it's there's it's not all bad, and um, you have to you have to work through. I guess the me and my friend Carrie were just talking about this. You have to work through stuff. Well, we have to anyway. Well, that but that's her. So that you know, that's what her and I were talking about. Was like you don't really have an option to to just say like. I'm, I'm not, not going to deal with this. Like you, kind you have to. You have kids that, whether you have kids or not, you you can't not work through stuff because you're trapped and you have nowhere else to go. You can't meet up with friends at a bar or a restaurant. Not, you can't even you, go to work. You can't go to a, most of the parks are closed. You can't go to work. You can't. You can't. You can't do anything. So, the people in front of your face where you live, if you live with people. That's what you got. So you really have to kind of figure it out and make it work. And more than that, if we, if, if a family, like Linda said this a hundred times to us, it's like, if we can get through this, we can get through anything. Yeah. For the most part. Now, I'm going to shift gears. Today is April 24th. It is um, our dear friend Todd's birthday. He would have turned 46 today. He died um, a year and a half ago. It's funny because Todd and I used to always celebrate our birthdays together because his birthday is was the end of April and mine is the, in the beginning of May. So I always remember celebrating w- with him. Going out. Going out, you know, just, just, just having a birthday together. So it's, and Carrie, who is my best friend, who is also Todd's best friend, um, her birthday is a couple weeks before Todd's. So we used to always have really, I don't know, it was always a special time. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I think about, I love Todd. I, th- I literally think about Todd um, on a daily basis. Um, I spent a ton of time with him. And it's also just because um, my recovery defines a lot of my life. And before that, my drug using defined a lot of my life. And I, you know, I didn't use drugs with anybody the way I use drugs with Todd. And Why I would, do you think that is? Why do you think that, like, the most amount of drug use was with Todd. Well, I mean, we lived together for many years. We right, lived- but I mean, do you think it goes beyond that? Like there's something about the person? Well, we're both, I mean, I think we were both predisposed to be drug addicts, you know, like... But predisposed, and also because of a friendship? Like was something, like a connection between all of those things? Me and Todd egged each other on to get higher. You know, when we would hang out, we would, we like even if one, if we were clean... We would egg each other on to use. If we had a few days, we would taunt each other to get high. We would do this thing where we like 
pantomime to phone, like calling the drug dealer. We would like pantomime taking bong hits. Like, but isn't it funny the way couples find each other? Like a male, like we'll talk about like a male, say a male and a female find one another. And, you know, maybe and then they realize throughout the course of like getting to know one another, like, wow, they have a similar bedroom passion or, you know, like they connect in that way or their humor, like as they get to know each other, like, wow, this is such an incredible connection. We didn't even realize this when we first met each other. And it's funny how people tend to find a drug buddy that shares a similar with Todd, dynamic. with Todd, it's it's yes, yeah, I agree. But right. with Todd, it wasn't like that because I mean, Todd, I think had been he had been doing a lot more drugs than I had when I met him. But I had barely been doing drugs when I met Todd, and it was meeting Todd that was like almost set me on my course of mm. using. Like I had just started being a daily pot smoker, and we and and Todd, I remember it really well. I was living with this guy, Ryan, in Ithaca College, and Todd was selling weed, and Todd loved our band. He would go see our band, and he came up to our room with an ounce of weed, and he's like, do you want to go in on this ounce with us, with with me, and we'll be partners? And we sold weed together for that year, mm-hmm. and we would just wind up you know, smoking as much pot as we had every day. Right. And, and if I didn't have it, he had it. And if he didn't have it, Ryan had it or DK had it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of us just, we pushed it to whatever limits we could. And that turned into psychedelics. And then um, I got kicked out of school. And then Todd got kicked out of school. And then he met you and, um, and went to Oswego. And then he started doing coke and harder drugs and I started doing coke and harder drugs separately and I tried heroin and uh and and uh and he wound up moving in with me in Manhattan and and we started doing heroin together the first right, time right. we we got into it was the two of us Well Todd did coke for the first time with me. So um I don't think So it, it's interesting how all of our lives really intertwined around drugs. Around drugs to the point where that's how you and I met. Was through Todd. Well, that's the craziest thing. We right? wouldn't we wouldn't be we, sitting in our house right. with our two children uh, in our house if if it wasn't for Todd. If it wasn't for Todd, because we Todd introduced us. Yeah, and um, so we call this episode <laughs> the Todd Shot Part Two. Do you know the origin of the Todd Shot? I don't. Well, in AA, like what? What's that? No, I'm You're trying to get close to the mic. Yeah. In a in twelve step. Like one of the kind of cliche things they say is like when something happens that you don't like a coincidence happens Mm -hmm. and and it puts you on the right path. They like people in the fellowship, some people in the fellowship will call it a God shot. And I always thought that was kind of corny and funny and stupid. And um, and when me and Chris would do the show, um, I started calling it a Todd shot because, you know, I don't know. It was just funny. And and now people in the Dopey Nation say Todd shot. No, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Which I, I'm very proud of. Well, what is that? I don't understand what that means. The idea is like, okay, I, I it's I'm not good at this. So I'm not Just I'm not, not going to explain what the Todd shot. What's the Todd? Give me an example of Todd shot. Well, of a God shot, maybe an example is Or of God shot. You were going to 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 buy alcohol, or you're 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 an alcoholic and you're sober and you're gonna go buy alcohol, or you're a drug addict and you're about to go get heroin when your best friend calls you and and needs help with something and okay. you get distracted and by providence you didn't do the bad thing you did the good okay, thing I like and you that. call that a god shot like and we that. call it a Todd shot in honor of Todd. 
Interesting. Now, the show is going to have a bunch of different people in Todd's life, just like last year. We'll call this the Todd Shot Volume 2. And we have basically the same people as last year, but Linda's here, which is great. That's okay. And, uh, and we're going to start with um, a sad one, which is Todd's sister. Yeah. So Sounds good. Here's Allie. Last year when we did our first tribute for Todd's birthday, obviously um, Allie, Todd's sister, was uh, the most important person on the show. And I think you have the distinction again because I would never want to bother your parents with, with our stupid show. So Allie, welcome back to Dopey. Good to be back. What do you think? Do you, how do you think your parents would respond if I asked them to come on this dumb show to talk about Todd? Oh gosh, I don't. I don't even. I don't know. I'm not sure. Right. I don't even think they would know what to do. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. So this is his second. It's going to be what would have been his 46th birthday, and yeah. and of course Todd died before his uh, 45th birthday. So how is it going? How is how is that going for you to not have him around? Um, it's hard. It gets. I feel like it gets harder as time goes on. It's it's um, you miss you know you miss him more, and it gets it definitely gets harder. And his, you know his birthday was actually um, his last time that I like really remember him being um, good and clean. And fun. Um, it was like the first time I actually saw him sober. And we went to a Mexican restaurant and he wasn't drinking, which was also surprising. Um, his 44th birthday. It was his 44th birthday, yeah, because he passed away like two months later. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard. He, it was it was like probably the most fun day. So the birthday is, the birthday is, I feel like hard for me, harder than like the anniversary, I think. Well, because the anniversary is misery and you kind of brace, yeah. you brace yourself for this terrible day. And the birthday is, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I'm obviously I'm not related to Todd. Uh, I think about him every day and, um, and I think it's very, very weird um, that he's not around. It's just a weird component right. of life. That and, and I guess every year that you get away from it, it becomes more certain. Even though you know he's yeah. not coming back, but it becomes right more certain. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you always think, like, oh, okay, maybe like on his birthday, like he's just gonna like pop up out of like a tree. You know, it's like some big bad joke. I guess you know, like you just you know, because Todd loved a party. Like he loved to celebrate even when there's nothing to celebrate. So, you know, I mean, his, he just always loved to celebrate. So it's, it's hard when his birthday comes to, like, not celebrate, but, you know, you still have to celebrate him in some way, you know? So what, what, will, there, what, will, the, what will that be? Especially in this, um, in this coronavirus business, like, what, what will that be? Did you see your parents last year for his birthday? Uh, no, like my parents actually like avoid me on like really almost like holidays, birthdays, anniversary, like they, they run away and they actually, they were supposed to be in Israel this week, um, which they're obviously not. Um, so, but no, like they avoid, they totally avoid every, like everything, but we, you know, my boys 
my, you know, my two kids, they loved Todd, even though they're young. Um, and they remember him. So, like, we will make them him probably cupcakes and, um, you know, do something, cele- like, you know, a little celebration, I guess. Well, the thing about Todd, uh, and, and it's and it's almost ironic to me because like I was never like a partier, and I was always yeah. like I just wanted to get you know obliviated obliv- or obliterated, whatever the word is. Yeah. I wanted oblivion all the time, and Todd would yeah. actually Todd always wanted oblivion too, but he would he had phases before oblivion, and he always wanted to party and to celebrate, and um, you know it's it's. It's, you know, part of the sad commentary of, of the addict who doesn't get out of it that it, this joyful thing brings about this total miserable thing. And mm-hmm. and Todd's like one of the biggest examples ever of that, I think. Yeah, definitely. And, and um, like, how have your parents been living just in generally? Like, how does the family exist when such a huge piece of it is is gone? Um, I mean, it's definitely hard. Like, I, you know, even though, like, you know, Todd was very hard to love, and he, you know, obviously he had, you know, his he had his like his issues, but. I really feel like Todd was always the favorite, even with everything that he like caused my parents. And I really feel like it's they're they kind of are kind of like, oh, we're just like left with her now. Like <laughs> she's gonna be the one taking care of us and you know, because But there was no way Todd, that Todd could have ever taken care of them. Like the idea no, the idea that they could no. have thought that he could have done that is sounds fanciful to me. No, I mean, he never would have been taking care of them. But, you know, the last few months that he was alive, he was living with them. And, you know, Todd would, like, cook for my parents, and he would do things around the house. So he was, like, helpful, I guess, like the most helpful he probably ever was. But Todd was, like, the more affectionate one out of us, and he was the more laid back and obviously definitely more fun out of the two of us. And I'm, I was more of like the, you know, strict, you know, the strict one. So I'm, I'm like not as fun as Todd was. So I think my parents are definitely like, they're definitely struggling because he, you know, he brought something different than I, than I had and they miss him. Definitely. He brought something different than, I mean, than most anybody has, you know, which is, which is like kind of why, um, I, I'm doing this. I mean, I'm doing this because Todd was one of my very, very best friends and I I used with him Mm -hmm. more than I used with anybody else. And I still can't believe that this thing killed him. And, and, and I have a show with, uh, you know, that lots of people listen to. And I mm-hmm. talk about Todd just about every week in, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it's a, an opportunity that we can, we can do a tribute to Todd because he was yeah. so special. Um, you know, yeah. and, and the other thing about you and Todd was like, you really loved him when he was alive. Yeah. Like, even though he was yeah. the biggest fuck up in the world, you managed yeah. to love him. You know, you were like, it's just Todd kind of thing. Yeah. 
I mean, I was definitely like his second mother. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I never really felt like a sister. I was always taking care of him. Like and he was, he was five years back. older than you or four, how old? Three yeah, years older? he was, he was, yeah, he was four years older than me. But like, I mean, I even remember being in high school and my parents would go away and he literally would come home to have a party at the house when I was, I would be like left alone as a high school kid because I was very responsible and trustworthy and he would come home and throw the party and I would be cleaning up and taking care of everyone. Like he just, yeah, I mean, he, he, but he was just fun and he was, you know, he was very lovable and very charming and I don't really think there's one person that ever met him that didn't like him unless maybe like his bosses, I would say maybe, but but even then, I feel like they would still like him. But, I mean, yeah, he yeah, he definitely was a screw-up. But, I mean, you know, I loved him, and I always wanted to help him. And, um, you know, no matter how much he did, I always felt like, you know, we never did the tough love on him of, you know, just saying, like, that's it. You know, you're done. Like, we're not talking to you. We never did that. Right, and you, you, know, you, never, and you guys never had the chance to try it, you know? No, no. I mean, we always just, you know, wanted the best for him. But, yes, it, like what you said, like, it's very hard to believe that he's not here because I do think that there are people that I've met in my life that had drug issues that I was like, oh, my God, they are in huge trouble. They're going to be dead. And they're still alive. And I think... I always worried about Todd, but I definitely never thought that that would ever happen to him. Right. I mean, I when, when he was still alive, he would always, like, use me as that example. You know? He, right. He would always, like, and when I was still using, he could hide behind my using to everybody. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think it really bummed him out when I got clean. You know, one, because he couldn't get high with me anymore. But two, because um, because he couldn't cite me as a worse drug addict than him, you know. Right. And, and um, yeah. And you know, in the end, when he had gotten clean and bored, you know, I think that's the scariest and saddest part it of is. the story. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He was bored. He was just bored, and and he. he it's like, and I think that's a, a cautionary tale like more than anything totally. for the listeners, which is he managed mm-hmm. to get a little bit of time together and then he got bored and he just, I mean, like he probably bought two bags, you know? I mean, we don't know what yeah. happened, but he probably bought two bags and, and, and it was probably spent 20 bucks and it killed him. And, yeah. um, and it didn't, I mean, it had to happen because it happened, mm-hmm. but like, it doesn't have to happen like that, you know? Right. And you were just, yeah, and I, I just, yeah, I think, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think people just need to be careful. I'm, and I'm, I'm so worried for your listeners. Like I remember when this whole pandemic happened, I was like, I'm really worried about people who are on drugs. Like I, I just worry that they would get into like a bad place or something, you know. Wow. I mean, that was the first thing. I, I mean, I hadn't heard from you in a bit. And then this thing hits and you texted me. Um, how do you think Todd would be handling this thing? You know? Right. Um, I feel like he'd be running around New York City screaming like a crazy person. Like, I just, 
he, you know, he always lived for things like that, like just pure chaos. Yeah. You know, he, he would have loved that he was not the only person out of work. He would have loved like oh, yeah. the empty city. He would have loved the chaos. I mean, Oh yeah, it, it's like yeah. I, I say it on the t- on the show all the time. It's like a time where everybody's kind of like a drug addict. We're all stuck at home. We can't work. Yeah. We don't know what the future holds. And like, right. misery loves company. He would have loved this thing. Although yeah. at this point. Like Todd also like he didn't know Todd knew very little about a lot of stuff, but like when something like this happened, he would become an expert. Like he would know yeah. every angle of this thing, and all of a sudden he'd be like this weird pseudo political activist about this. I bet. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. He'd probably have a ventilator in his room as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's amazing. Who knows? Um, yeah. Can you remember uh, any kind of story? Um, that you'd like to share about Todd because it's supposed to be celebratory as well? Hmm. God, I don't know. I always, like, I can't ever think of any. I mean, there's a million Todd stories, but, oh, on the spot. So, I'm sorry, so I always do that to people. No, I, that's my, I know. That's like, my I signature need, move. You should have had something I need, prepared. I know. I should have. I actually should have thought of something last night. Um, but... I don't know. I'm probably going to think of like a really good one in like an hour, but you know, I guess this isn't necessarily a story about Todd, but I feel like this is something that you and all your listeners would, would appreciate is that I would say one of my favorite things about Todd. And sometimes I even, I even go back on dopey to listen to episodes. I can't listen to a lot of the things with, with Todd because I remember I would be like, Oh my God, like what, like what, you know, I can't, but his laugh, like he had the best laugh and it was like, it's like a cackle. It's, it's just, it's like one of those laughs that like makes everyone laugh. I would say that's probably one of my things I miss about him the most. And my son, Max, who just turned six, he literally has his laugh and Uh, when he gets like going it's just I mean his laugh was always really funny but now that he's like six he's kind of like you know turning into like a boy and Dean and I like every time Max laughs we both just kind of like look at each other and get like all you know choked up because it's like it's him like it's it literally it's just I one day I'm gonna have to like catch it on video or tape but we just never we never get it because we're just like enjoying it but um it's just like been something that's kind of come up lately where Dan will be like do you hear that it's Todd and I'm like I know it's so funny like it's just it's a really like good sound sometimes because it you know as much as I miss him it's just it's I guess like the one if, if there's one trait that I you know would love one of my kids to get. It was definitely his laugh because my seven-year-old tasted wine one time and really likes it. So of course now I'm terrified and nervous and I'm like, Oh God, he got that from Todd. And then Max got his laugh. Right. You know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a good story, but no, the most, no, I think that's, that's totally fair. The most amazing thing about him 
he made everybody feel comfortable. As long as he wasn't strung out or needed something, he made mm-hmm. everybody around him happy. And it was like, it was just, you know, being with him was infectious. I would use his laugh like I would know I was funny because I would say something I'd, and I'd hear the mm-hmm. laugh come back to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, exactly. I'm going to play on the show uh, his first appearance on Dopey where he didn't know he was yeah. on the show. Um, yeah. That's my favorite. That's like my favorite thing in the history of Dopey. That's my favorite yeah. moment. Um, yeah. So I'm going to play it for this one because it was like, it's totally Todd because he doesn't even know he's on a show. You know what I yeah. mean? So. Yeah. Allie, thank you. Um, Thanks, if, Dave. If, um, you know, if you come up with something, fucking call yeah. me back. And, uh, I will. Oh, and oh, yeah, before we go, like, obviously, you're in a horrible situation uh, in terms of losing your brother. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there who are in. Um, yeah the same situation and and would you what Mm -hmm. would you what would you tell them to do like how would you tell them to get through it like what do you suggest or um i don't know i think everyone's different i definitely think like i do go to a support group for um people who've lost someone due to um addiction and i do definitely think that like sometimes you do have to find some people who um, like are in your same situation to understand you because, you know, you, it's not like you have, unless you have like a million friends who've lost someone to this. Um, you know, I just think you need to find some people who maybe understand. And I also think like, um, you know, obviously during this pandemic, you can't do this, but maybe helping someone who is struggling, like maybe not for addiction or Maybe like it's alcohol or drugs or, you know, or just struggling in general. If you could just help someone, I think that maybe then you'll know that like you help someone else not have to go through this by losing someone, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, And how has that been, the support group with people who lost people due to opiates? Like, what has that been like? Um, You know, the group keeps on getting bigger, which is really upsetting. it's mostly a lot of parents and I actually went because I was trying to get like my mom to go. Um, and you know, I know like, did she ever go? She went once. Um, and I actually went like a month ago and there was this new person there and she was talking about her daughter. Um, and you know, this is actually like kind of one of those like weird, like close stories, but, she was, her daughter had just died four months ago and she said her name and she said that she was blind and, um, from drugs. And I remembered that, um, when Todd passed away, that the coroner that was at our house had a daughter who was on, who was a recovering addict for, I think five years. And she lived with her. Um, she lived with her mom and I remember my mom telling me the story, how she didn't understand how this person could do this job and see this every day with like her daughter being a past addict. Um, and then at the end of the meeting, you know, I went over to her and I was like, are you a coroner? And she said, yes, I am. Oh my and God. It was her. It was her. And her daughter was clean for five years and relapsed and um 
I actually told my mom this story, and my mom said that she would go back because she wanted to see her because she was so hoping her story would be different than someone else's story. And I think that's, I think, what people need to, like, really understand, that, like, you don't think you're going to be that person, you know? Totally. I mean, I think it might be more important for people like me or addicts in recovery to realize that you don't know what might set you off and... And like, I mean, I feel a billion miles away from using, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, that woman that you're talking about, the daughter had years clean. Chris obviously mm-hmm. had years clean. Uh, yeah. If you go to meetings, you hear that story over and over again. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, Todd never had years clean. Todd, Todd no. you know, Todd had months clean and he never took to it. Right. I mean, but that's the real thing. It's like, if you take to recovery, you're almost more at risk because you don't know what could happen, you know? Right. Yeah. And I, I would, I want your followers to, to be clean and stay clean so that they don't have to go to those meetings. You know, their families don't have to go to those meetings. They need to go to meetings, but you know, it's a different kind of meeting that your families go to after. Well, as, you know, as, stupid, as, stupid as, as stupid as this is going to sound, if if Todd actually thought that, that this could have happened, he would have gotten clean. If he really yeah. thought that he could die and you're, mm-hmm. all of you could could be in yeah. this situation because of it, he would have gotten clean. Yeah. I, I believe that. Like, I really do. Yeah. As, as yeah. impossible as it would have been, as impossible as it seems, if he could have seen it, it would have been different. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's crazy, yeah. Allie? No. No, because I remember, like, I would say to Todd all the time, like, you know, please don't, you know, like, please don't die. You know, don't do anything stupid. And he would be like, I'm not. I'm not. Like, I'm good. I'm good. You know? That was what he would always say. It was just like, he, I feel like he never wanted anyone to really know or worry, you know? Well, that's I mean, the thing. I mean, Todd really lived a double life, you know, more than... He did. I mean, like, when I talked to his friends upstate about this stuff, like, yeah. they they didn't experience the Todd that I experienced, mm-hmm. um, you know, because Todd and I, um, we did all the terrible shit together, and um, right. and I know that like Todd in the end he would reach out to me scared, um, yeah. And that was rare. Like that was a different mm-hmm. thing. Like when he finally wanted help, he was really scared, you know. Yeah. And, and he really mm-hmm. he he didn't he was out of options and he knew it at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept it very secret. Like he kept drugs very secret, and you know. He could he could be high around his friends, and I think sometimes they did know it, but they didn't know what to do. But me, he actually would avoid me, so that's always when I knew he wasn't he was doing things that he shouldn't be. Like I remember at the end being like, "I haven't seen my brother in two weeks," and I and he's avoiding my texts and my phone calls, and um, I always could just see past his stuff and he was usually pretty honest with me but um he did he kept it very very secret he really did 
It's also um, because with his friends, he could hide behind beer and weed. You know what I mean? Right. He could hide behind partying. And, yeah. And you didn't have that mm-hmm. kind of relationship with him where you'd be getting all fucked up all the time. You know? No. And, and I think also no. for him, it was a great thrill to be getting stoned or drinking beers with his friends and then go to the bathroom and sniff some heroin and only he would right. know. I think that was a great thrill for him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For whatever it's worth, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, is, this isn't the good time that that I envisioned when I was doing a tribute to Todd. Um, Let's go back to cake and balloons. Cake and balloons. Well, Todd loved cake and balloons. That's for sure. That sure is for sure. Yeah. But, but he loved he loved nitrous balloons. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Allie, I appreciate you coming on, and definitely. And and when you when you think about Todd, um. How like how much? What's the percentage of 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 total misery versus like a, a sweet feeling of of happiness? You know, uh, I'm like fifty fifty at this point. Like, I definitely have certain days when you know I miss him more or I think about him more, and then I have certain times where um, you know I will hear some song or something and it'll remind me of him and I, you know, can kind of laugh. I have a hard time looking at pictures. I haven't gotten past um, pictures yet, but, um, yeah, like a song or something, you know, I do try to like, you know, think of like in, in a, you know, missing good way rather than, I wouldn't say misery, you know, just kind of sad a little bit right no of course you know uh it's it's yeah it's very sad you know it's sad for me i feel like he wasn't my brother but i feel much much um sadder than joyful when thinking about him um because he does because i can't call him and because there is not the next thing you know um yeah but it is fun to think about the good times with him and they were there and they were real yeah Linda was yeah. like, if you do a tribute show, don't have a sad vibe. But it's impossible not to like go go there with you. You know what I mean? I, I know, I know. And I think yeah. it's important. I think it's important for, for people to hear it, you know, for whatever it's worth. I definitely think I think his friends have more like fun stories and fun vibe than I would say his sister, because I really feel like you know, the last few years, I think his, his friends were still having fun with him. And I think his family was having more like, hell, not fun. Yes. You know, it's like, we were the ones who were really trying to, um, I mean, I do definitely think a few of his friends were on the worried side and trying to save him. Obviously, you know, you were, and definitely Rob and Sean. I mean, I would say those, they were like the two that were kind of like would text me or call me and be like, so I'm a little worried. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think they have the more fun stories. Right. That and, makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Allie, I appreciate you coming on. Um, Thanks, Dave. And, uh, and be in touch, right? All right. Sounds good. And happy birthday to Todd. Happy fucking birthday to Todd. Happy birthday to Todd. Yep. All right. And best to everybody. All right. Enjoy the pandemic. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. That's Allie, Todd's sister. Yeah. 
And it's, I mean, like I said, it's, it's like impossible to do a show about a dead friend and uh, make it all uplifting, especially when you talk to his sister. Yeah, no, I didn't mean that it should be an uplifting episode. Um, and hearing from Allie, that, that, hits, that hits home because it's his sister. I mean, he kn- she knows him in a way that none of us would ever know. Um, and all, I mean, the family, like, they do Thanksgiving, they do Hanukkah, yeah, they, no. you know, and it's like, he's not there, and it's like, it's a crazy hole. It's a hole in us, but it's nothing like what it must be like between his his parents and his sister and his nephews and, and, and his yeah. family. It's just, it's, and I love his family, you know what I mean? And I mean, like, I caused his family so much hell, and uh, and he caused my family so much right. hell. But there was a ton of love, and, and um, you know, when I went out there, I, I went out, when, when after he died, and, and I went out there for, uh, you know, just to pay respects with, with mm-hmm. those guys from upstate, I felt like, you know, I was part of the reason that this had happened. I felt like they kind of, I, I had this guilt, like they were looking right. at me like I was part of the reason that this had happened, but... Soon after I had been there, that kind of went away. Because right. they knew how much, you know, how close we were. And it was, it's just... Well, you can never, you can never blame anyone else for somebody, somebody's decision to use drugs. I could, you know, I had, there was a, a long time where I was aggravated with Todd. Because he was bringing you drugs. And then there was, you know, and then I'm sure that then this family member was mad at this friend for bringing him drugs. I mean, ultimately, you're the one that's putting the drugs into your body. Right. So it's your, it's, it's on you. You cannot, right. you cannot fault anybody else. Right. Um, but one of the things that Ali said that I thought was so interesting and resonated was how um, most of Todd's friends' stories will be fun and happy and upbeat. And and that's because Todd was fun and happy and upbeat. And even when Todd was in a bad way, which we've all, you know, his closest friends, Rob, Sean, you, um, have seen him in those places. He's still incredibly fun to be around. Uh, you know, he just has this, this magnetic... He ha- had this very magnetic energy, um, even when he's in a bad place where you still would be, you would gravitate toward him. Does well, that make sense? I, I mean, you know, my friends, my, my friends that I grew up with were never enamored with Todd because they knew that when I was hanging out with Todd, like I was off to the races and like he was a bad influence and whatever. But nobody could deny how he was very magnetic, and can, he was contagious. You right. know, he walked into word. the room. You know, he was magnetic too. He, but Allie doesn't look like I get what, where Allie was coming from. Is she doesn't look at Todd as he's this contagious magnetic. She's like, "You're my fucking brother. Get your shit together. Right. Cut the crap. Right. I love you. I'm scared for you. Like I loved the way she was able to kind of identify. Well, the family was concerned. And not that the friends weren't concerned, but the friends also wanted to have fun with Todd because Todd was so much fucking fun. Right. And I think it was very hard for even the good friends, myself included, to say, wow, I think this friend's going too far, but I'm having so much fun with this friend that I'm not going to say anything. And I know that that's been the case with me with other friends too, you right. know, where, where you don't want to stop the fun. 
And I think that's happened for a lot of people with Todd because he was that much fun. He was that guy. You expect him. You expect him to pull out drugs. You expect him to get drunk with you. You expect him to... Not even that you'd expect him to have the drugs. I feel like Todd never had drugs. I feel like Todd was always looking for drugs, but he'd always find them and then he'd be so much fun to hang out with while you were on them. Well, also the thing about (laughs) him was he he had this way about him and and it's like... It could get bad over like over the course of many days. Like <laughs> after many, like if you were, if you wanted to get drugs with Todd, right, and it took you an hour, he would be the happiest person in the world in an hour. If it took three hours, it would be even better because the buildup would be so okay. delayed, and then the gratification of getting it, he would be he, bananas. Well, he loved he loved the whole the, the mission, chase. the chase, yeah, and yeah. and the success. I have so many memories of being with Todd in parking lots of shows. Looking for drugs and looking for just an adventure. And there was no one that was more fun to be with than, like, if you were with Todd, it was the best time. If you could, no, and I've also had lots of memories with Todd not looking for drugs, just having fun. But we were usually pretty fucked up at the. We probably were fucked up already. But he lived for, like, he was like Indiana Jones at every concert oh, looking for the fucking yeah. Lost Ark. Yeah. And the Lost Ark was whatever he could find. You know, like, and he lived for that shit. But then even if you were with him at a restaurant and he decided, let's get Coke tonight, the second he called up the dealer, yeah. the waiting for the call back was like looking for drugs. You know, and when the call came back... The excite- well, the level of ex- that yeah. energy, was yeah. it was very elect- it was an electric feeling but then Todd was also so fun at like Todd loved to make fun of people Todd was very descriptive Todd like you could like a weird person would walk into the room Carrie would appreciate this well or Rob would know this like you'd see the person walking in the room you'd look at them like who's this fucking guy Todd was already seeing it you'd look at each other like he immediately he was smart he was quick and he picked up on on all sorts of nuance he just knew I'm gonna play a clip I could go on and now I could go on and on I'm gonna play a clip uh the first time um Todd was ever on Dopey I'm gonna play the clip um and just to set it up like Dopey wouldn't exist without Todd like my inspiration for the show was basically like my career of getting drugs with Todd and retelling the stories and and, and going over like all you're talking about like the, what the dealer was like and what went wrong and right. this and that. But this time I'm going to set this up. It was episode 27. The sound is really bad. Me and Chris and this dude named Ryan who actually created the Dopey logo um, were in my apartment on Grand Street or on Clinton Street. And um, we had just started the episode, and Todd calls my phone, and he doesn't, and he doesn't know that we're recording. So here we go. Yes, it is. <laughs> you want to put them on the show? Hello? Hey, there you are. What are you doing? Uh, my community service today. I just got back. What, what, for what? 
I fucking got caught in fucking a project building for trespassing. Wow. What was the story yeah. there? What was that? What was the story there? I was trying to get blood from this dude that I usually see, and I told him I didn't want to go to his building because it's sketch. And he's like, well, I'm not coming over there. And I'm like, and I'm like, all right, well, I'll meet you downstairs. And he's like, all right, meet me downstairs. But he didn't tell me not to come into the building. So I just go into the building, and the next thing I know, there's four cops surrounding me asking me for my identification. And the whole thing, and I didn't want to blow his spot up. And so they locked you up for being in the lobby of a building? Yeah, they did. They locked me up for three hours. That's a dubious story at best. But the, but the thing was, it, it actually it, it was fine because I, uh, they, uh, if I did the community service, it's not going to be on my record. Thank God, because it would have been a misdemeanor. Well, didn't they, didn't, they didn't have your record pop up when they busted you? They did, but it, as long as I, I didn't have any outstanding warrants. So they, uh, did they fuck with you when they saw your record? No, no, no. They, they didn't see my, they, first of all, they don't, they don't see your record really until they take you back to the station. And they even, they even said to me, your record isn't really that bad, so um, we don't understand my... Easy for them to say. Well, I don't think the felony for Virginia shows up here. By the way... Uh, you're calling as we're recording Dopey, so you're actually on Dopey. Wow, that's excellent. Hey, Todd, my name's Chris. Have I met Todd? Hey, I don't think so. Well, Todd, I just want to let you know that I got, um, first of all, because we're recording, I just want to say that this was a totally organic thing that happened. And I'm, I'm Todd, I'm not speaking to you, I'm speaking to the listeners, because if I was listening to this, I think this was bullshit, that this just seemed to happen. Yeah, that's true. But and Todd really always wanted to be on Dopey, right, very, Todd? Very I did, yeah, of course. So, so, have you been listening to it? Well, you, I asked if you were still doing it, and you told me that there were some issues, and then we never spoke. Oh, that's because Linda, so, Linda made me shut it down for a minute. Okay, well, it's back on. It's back on. Todd, I got arrested in for trespassing in Manhattan Beach in a project in 2014, and I did community service, and it's not on my record. I just had my FBI criminal records pulled off of a fingerprint scan. So if you do the community yeah. service, it truly does go away. Yeah, it goes away. I mean, I had to, and plus, like, you know, like, you know when you're waiting for call your name and like you see the lawyer that you want that day like you know this smart tall blonde guy that looks like he went to fucking Harvard like that was the guy and I'm like that's gotta be my lawyer and sure enough I got that guy and I was like please man please <laughs> I just want this thing to go away what did you Whatever. do for community service I went to a park. I went to oh, a park uh, town and I had to sweep up and I had to like, uh, what did I do? I, I power washed uh, some lawnmowers over at the Natural History Museum. Did you smoke weed while you did the community service? No, no, no. Are you sure? Yes, 
Yes, I didn't, I didn't smoke any weed today, no weed. Did you eat edible cannabis while you did your community service? I did not eat any edible cannabis while I did my Did you put liquid LSD on your eyeballs? No, but I did wish I had a shit ton of Adderall because I was so tired. Oh, I just God. did community service on Delancey Street, fucking... Uh, got the shovel and the broom and the vest, and I had to clean up Delancey from Clinton to the river and back. Seven hours. What? Why did you do? What did you do? I got busted with putting up an Oyve sticker on a post. Oh, you know the reverse discrimination community right now is is out of control. Out of control. Well, they just, they just did that like the biggest bust in the history of New York City with that shit up in the Bronx and. That guy who I went to go meet that day in his lobby, he got picked up by the FBI the week before. For selling like, crack and not weed, perhaps? No, I think he got busted for dope, bud, and uh, he had bricks and bricks of money. All that money was just... And he's a gone. white guy, which is why you're saying it's reverse discrimination? As opposed to he, just discrimination? No, I'm saying for us. We got, like, you got busted for putting up a sticker. I got busted for, for walking merely just walking into a building. But where's the discrimination? Because we're white. Because we're, no. we're white. Okay. We're white. And we're, we're in a place well, maybe, that we shouldn't supposedly be. Maybe they saw Dave's nose and they knew he was Jewish. <laughs> what an evil fucking anti-Semitic laugh that is. Todd's the biggest, Todd's the biggest self-hating Jew in the history of Jews. And he doesn't look Jewish. Todd doesn't look fucking Jewish. And he... Ah, ah, ah. No, but you don't know everyone else, everyone else that I work with I, I do though. They say I look Jewish, which I don't. That's because you're white, and they're all fucking idiot Spanish people, right? Mostly, mostly. <laughs> I, I, I flew to. I went to Disney World with Linda and Nora, and uh, we're flying out of MacArthur Airport. The dude basically like strip searched me. He gave me the full on pat down, touched really? my touched my genitals, and he's like, "I hope really? you don't mind." I was like, "Not at all, sir." And, 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 and then Linda, Linda's like. It's because you look kind of Arabic. And, and as oh, God. Linda and her father swear I look Arabic. You, you do look, do not look Arabic at all. I know, I'm just a normal fucking white guy. Yeah, but you, you don't get really I mean, you look Jewish because of your nose. That's it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you think so? That's it. That's the only giveaway. That's the only giveaway. I haven't talked to Todd in months. Where, where are you now? I'm in my house. I was just, uh, I thought I, I thought I'd call you because I actually just texted uh, Linda making sure that everything's going to be cool with the towners. She told me I couldn't go to the dinner. You're going to, uh, all right, that's cool. No, she said I couldn't go. Oh, and you know what, actually, you shouldn't because, like, I haven't seen Linda in years and I haven't seen so Oh, yeah, I haven't seen you in months. What are you talking about? Yeah, but me and you can get together. Like, I, this is like a, this is a very rare. I'm actually shocked she invited me to come to, come to this thing at all. She either. didn't. She did. But, um, well, you know, don't bring short. Coke. I'm not bringing Coke. You think I want to, <laughs> I, I, you think I want to do cocaine? No, but I bet you so does. No, she asked me to get her bud today, though. Yep. The plot. So, it's starting. so now it's starting. I guess it's all starting now. Yep. So it's all starting to come together now. All right. Um, I'll call you when we're done. All right. Well, if you want a good story, you know who to call here. Yeah, you give me six months sobriety time and you're on the show. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm fucking full of them. 
He's doing community service and stuff. He's giving back. Please. He's giving back, but what, you know, give me what I didn't get caught with any bud, so I didn't buy anything. First of all, I don't think you were getting bud in the projects, number one. I was getting bud. Okay. Tell it to somebody else, okay? I have not been doing any heroin, of which to speak of, in weeks. Weeks. <laughs> Give me months. Give me months and we'll talk. You'll get your fun. You'll get your spot. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. And, and, and I say, no, no. Give me clean urine for six months and you got a regular spot. The best stories I have are all involved with drugs anyway. So what difference does it make whether I smoked a joint and told you the story or didn't smoke That's a really good question. It is a good question. That's a very, very good question. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think, Chris, you had said something to me. Well, I think actually in the car, there's a, we have a guest here, Ryan. And Ryan's hey, something. Todd. Todd, that's Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Todd, say hello to Ryan. Uh, Why don't you say hi to Ryan? Oh, wait, Ryan, as in Ryan Olatro? No, just this guy, Ryan, Chris's friend. He did our logo. Oh, oh hey, Ryan. How's it going, bud? Good, man. <laughs> That's better. So, well, but Ryan summed this up pretty good in the car, and it doesn't, it sort of answers his question, but he was saying, I don't know, but you were saying that you thought Dopey was good, then you thought it was bad, and then you were like, maybe it's good. Oh, you thought it was bad? No, 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 no. no. Here, here's my point is that, like, Todd, are you listening? Yeah. Okay. Yes, here's my point is that, like, there's recovery podcasts out there, which are fine. I don't want to take anything away from them, but they're very masturbatory. It's people in recovery telling stories about recovery and the people listening are in recovery and that's fine. Right. It's strengthening recovery. But it's yeah. very church-like. It's, yeah, and it's, it's kind of self, self-serving. It's helping the people who are already seeking help. Exactly. Yeah. But Dopey, right. what I love about Dopey is that it's just straight-up debauchery with zero redemption included. There's a little redemption. But here's the thing is that like, so... If there's an active heroin addict searching for a podcast, they're not going to pick a recovery podcast, right? They might, but it's all going to go over their head because they're not in recovery. They might listen to Dopey, and then they're going to hear these sober people telling stories of insane drug use and arrests and whatever the hell else Chris has done in his life. Well, I can be that one fuck-up that calls in not surely in recovery to, you know, shake things Well, but that's what you're... You've managed to become that. Yeah, you somehow are. you did that. You're also the first caller we've ever had on the show. Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready to rock this town like a moldy crouton. Let's do it. Just give me some fucking clean time and you can come, you can come back to the house. I've got two weeks clean already. That's what a lie. That's a, that's a lie. Two what weeks. What I'm a blood and urine. Since you puff weed? No, no, since I did dope. I smoked weed uh, three days ago. No, two days, two, three days ago. You're such a fucking liar. <laughs> I, I haven't, I, you, you lie like a cheap rug. No, it was three days ago. I was at work, it was boring, I was bored, I pulled out the, whatever, that cigarette book, eating one hitter, and I was smoking, and then some girl came up to me and asked if she could have a drag of my cigarette, and I go, it's not a cigarette, and she goes, ooh, even better. And then she sits there and sees and smokes the rest of my butt. <laughs> And it pissed me off. I'm like, yo, why don't you take down or something? And she and she just walks away and goes, girls don't do that. I'm like, what? Was she attractive? Yes, very. Well, then she knew, at least she knew her place in the pecking order of the universe. Yeah. Damn straight, I hate that. Oh, ruins my life every time. All, All right. right. Well, I will talk to you later. All right.
Thank you for chiming in with your bullshit story of trying to get weed and getting arrested for being it's a lot of building. Bullshit story. It's a true story. Well, it was a good all story. It was a good my story. story. <laughs> my, my stories are all true. That's that's the only thing I could vouch for. Give me a break. Anyway, all the stories are true. I miss you, buddy. I miss you too, man. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. Todd, right, nice we'll to. Nice to virtually meet you, man. Todd is in every story I yeah, tell. Same era. Todd is the guy in the seizure story. No, the guy on the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Todd's the guy who fainted in the seizure up. story. Todd's the guy, the guy Todd. when Jeremy <laughs> told the story about his parents and the guy who sneaks out. Yeah. The That's Todd. Todd, if you come here, will you team up with me to kind of make Dave look bad? Are you kidding me? I would love to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> you record on that fucking machine. Let me tell you the story of the day he once got me killed when we were going to go to Top Dope in Los Angeles. And a fucking goddamn SUV ran three feet into my face. Oh, tell that story. Wait, 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 wait. Story. But is Linda, this is going to be a lost tape if he tells that story. No, it's a driving really got to learn to edit. This is what happens, right? Okay. Steve, Steve took... Uh, uh, okay, you already ruined the whole. You already ruined the whole story. You can't mention that. That's it's. That's going to be a problem. I'll delete it out. Okay. All right, I'll, I won't say her name. I'll say Dave. Okay, Dave's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Dave's girlfriend at the time had uh, had a car, and because he didn't have one, and I don't think I don't know what the fuck. I don't know where my car was. I, I don't. Know you didn't have a car because you were lost on drugs. No, dude, I always had it. I either had a cop car then or I had something else. You were in between I vehicles, I got you. I was fighting between vehicles. So, whatever. Long story short, we decided to borrow her car, and it's like, this is not, this is unusual for us. We usually didn't go this late in the afternoon. It was like rush hour, like four o'clock or something. No, it was night, so, man. It was fucking <laughs> no, no, night. It was, it, was, it, was like, it was like four or five o'clock because I remember the, the traffic. That's the only reason why I know it was like later in the afternoon because there was so much traffic by your house. That's the reason why the whole accident happened. My memory was night, but you, you know the story you should tell is the story when I was responsible for you getting locked up. Oh, God. I can't talk about that story. That's the best story. Wait, let him finish this story. Finish this one, finish this one though. All right, so anyway, so um, I don't know. I, I, do you guys drive vehicles? Do you, I, have you, have you, I do. We both yeah. do. Okay, so I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but, like, you know when you're sitting at a stop sign and, like, you're trying to take a left turn, but the lane that you're turning into, there's three lanes of traffic, and there's, like, two lanes of, or, you know, it's, it's bad, it's bumper-to-bumper traffic, but these, you know, but people sometimes wave you in because, you know, like, they make a space for you. Yeah. So they kind of, like, wave you in, but th- there's a third line of traffic that you can't see when you're going through the first two lines of traffic. And those people don't give a shit. They're just waving you in. Yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can come you can come into the you, you know you can your left hand. Yeah, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. So basically what ends up happening is this moron waves Dave in. Dave doesn't want to waste another second because you know of course we wanna get our shit we wanna get our shit on. And uh, he goes through one lane, no problem. Two lanes, no problem. Third lane, he is second car, like enters the third lane. I look to the right and all I see is this SUV barreling at like at least 
30 miles per hour. Like, not stopping. <laughs> not going not, not attempting to break. Just did not see us at all and just completely slams into her car. Like, literally, like, my face was, like, inches from this person. Oh, and this like, wasn't even your car. No, it was, it was my ex-girlfriend's car, and she had a Saab, which was a, a totally steel front frame, which is the only reason Todd lived. <laughs> Like, it was crazy. Did you get any, like, uh, morphine or something out of it? No, we didn't. We, Todd didn't get hurt. We went home and I got time. Yeah, nothing happened. I didn't get I, I, I got a bruise on my thigh, and that was it. And, like, this person hit us so hard that her car was destroyed. Now, let me, let me ask you, Todd, now, let me ask you a different question. Did Dave reimburse his ex-girlfriend for the damages on her car? Oh, God, no fucking way. No way. Her mother, her mother, it was all paid for. What do you want from me? But Never. Todd is the one. Never. Todd introduced me to Linda. Okay. Todd and I, uh, Todd's my old, you know, I've been friends with Todd since we were... 19 or 18 yeah and uh and and we sold tons of drugs together we took way more we've been to what just be careful we've been to detox together uh he went to mountainside after i did maybe he was there when you were there wait todd i was at mountainside for a long time i was there from march 2011 until September 2011, and then I lived in that. I still live in that area. Ryan, when were no, you there? I, I was just there um, in 2013, I think. No. no. And I was in and out. I was there for a month. I left. I relapsed three days later, and uh, I haven't looked back. All right. And you never went back to Mountainside, though. I went back once for a meeting and like I drank a beer at like a bar on my way over there and everything could smell it on me. So I totally made a complete ass myself basically. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I didn't go back after that. Right. I went back like a week later, like a week later for like a weekly uh, NA or AA or whatever it was. But I didn't go back. I haven't gone back. They have meetings now here. Supposedly they have some like, you know, a support group for New Yorkers that went went to Mountainside every Monday or something. Yeah, it's in their alumni email or something. They have another yeah, support yeah. group in New York. It's called AA. Um, Todd, let's fucking get you on the show so we can team up against Dave. Well, when you, when you, well, actually, uh, give him yeah, six I, months from never, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> Dude, I'm, listen, I'm clean enough to be on the show. I'll put it to you like that. So, I, I was gonna just play a very short clip. No, I wanted it, to, I didn't want it to stop. And I felt like really anybody who listened to that probably didn't want it to stop. That's me, Chris, Todd, and Ryan sitting on the old couch in the old apartment. With a computer, no microphones. We were just talking into the computer, mm-hmm. and you could hear either me or Chris, probably me, had a, a thing of cookies in there. You could hear the crumbling <laughs> of the cookies. And um, no fish tank, though. You could probably hear the fish yeah. tank in the back, too. And um, it alluded to you, Linda, a lot. Yeah, a lot of, I was surprised to hear that. But. A lot of Linda allusions. And, um, and Todd just being himself, yeah. right? And um, man, it's crazy. It's just. It's like it's funny that I was going to go out to dinner with Todd that night. The craziest thing about it to me Weird. is like in the history of Dopey, you know, including Mark Maron, This American Life, whatever. Yeah, this moment was my 
favorite moment of the show. Right. Like, and Todd, later on, Todd actually came to my dad's house and we recorded with him in person, but he was fucking high on heroin when he came over to record. Mm -hmm. He came over to record and he wasn't high. And then Jim came over to record and Todd went downstairs to like smoke a cigarette and he came upstairs high. And it was just so obvious. But this one, it was unplanned. He didn't know he was on the show. I loved hearing Chris and just the best part was Chris and Todd together. Right. Talking. And then I love that Chris wanted to have you on so the two of them can make fun of you because my dream is to be on the show with Chris to make fun of you. Like, I want to do the everybody same thing. Want, everybody wanted to gang yes. up on me. So I'm like, yes, yes. That would have been amazing. Well, and it, then Todd was all about that. It's crazy, like, you know, what we lost. You know what yeah. I mean? And these are two guys. Two, two fucking incredible People just funny, fucking smart, lovable guys who like, you know, were addicts and uh, and the drugs were too powerful and it killed them. And it's like, it's so stupid that that could happen, you know. And right. and that's just what happened. And they were. It's almost like they were sandwiching you on either side, like two really incredible friends, super smart, super fun, horrible addicts. And they were sort of sandwiching you on either side, saying they want to come together on the show to fucking make fun of you because they love you, but they want to make fun of you because you're a pain in the ass. No, it was because... And and they both passed within three months of one another. I think less, six weeks or something. And fucking unbelievable. You know, just just if you... I mean, not to get, you know... I'm listening. ...dark, but, but... that's pretty pretty wild, that bit, that they were both kind of coming together saying they want to, like, fuck, come together as friends to fuck with you because they love you. And then they both passed away, you know, within, like, what, two two months of one another. Um, well, the thing... So, yeah, I can't think about Todd without thinking of Chris and vice versa. So it's... Well, the, the, when we found out that Todd... shit. When we found out that Todd had died, Susan was an infant. You know, I've told this story before, but it's relevant to me. Uh, you were giving her, we were all giving her a bath in the sink and Todd's friend Rob called and gave us the news. Yeah. And, um, and I just, I cried my eyes out and I was, and and I was just in shock, you know, and you fast forward six weeks and you, me and Susan. We're about to go for a walk. We're going for a walk in the the summer and Annie calls me to tell me that, that Chris died and I and I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know, and um, however, it's like the idea of uh, it's chickens coming home to roost. You know, I was a heroin addict for a long, long time, and I, I, my, I did crazy damage to my life, and I, I hurt my family, and I lost you, and I lost Nora, and my my poor parents had to deal with it. But like, there weren't any real consequences until this. Mm, you know, that's interesting. And these yeah. guys. I just felt like it was that was the boomerang, yeah. You know, but I wouldn't have been their friends. Like it wouldn't have happened. Right. And um, you know, you came downstairs and I was listening to the clip, and I was, you know, she was like, "Are you okay?" And I was great because it was like I was with them, right? You know, I was with both of them. But with Todd, when Todd called in, it was so special. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like that was a really special. 
because it's so random. And he and Todd normally, if you're like, okay, we got to go, he's like, all right, later. But he didn't want to get off the phone. He kept going, and he never does that. (laughs) He's like, I want to tell stories, and like, you know, and like, um, that wasn't my plan for this show. It was Linda. Linda diverted the path of the show, but I think it was it was a good move. You know, it's like we're celebrating this guy. Right. What are we going to do? Tell stories about him? Or are we going to hear him for who he is? You know, and I love that. But I, I I did get a hold of a bunch of Todd's old friends, and one of them is the, the guy who I just said who had broken the news to me that Todd died. Yeah, which was his friend Rob, who uh, Linda was super tight with in college. Linda, Rob, Todd, Carrie, all these people. One of Todd's closest friends. Yeah. So here's Rob. All right, Rob, welcome back to the show. Hey, bud. How's it going? It's going okay. We're here recording our tribute to Todd, a celebration of his essence. Do you think you have a story that sort of encapsulates the greatness that was Todd? I mean, I'll try. I'm not, yeah, I'm not uh, a storyteller, so we'll we'll see. It was about, what, it was two years ago. We were at at MSG for fish. Uh Uh-huh. And um, I got lucky through my work. I work for a financial institution. And um, I was able to get their box seats um, at MSG. And these weren't like just like any box seats. They were pretty crazy. They were like down below. You had your own like personal bartender they had sushi it was whack man it was was crazy like we walked into it and we were just blown away and i was able to bring you know five of my friends and obviously you know todd was one of them he was still living down in the city at the time and i said to everybody beforehand i said look guys this is i'm representing my company at this thing there's going to be other people in this box from this company you guys have to you guys can't smoke weed <laughs> you just have to we just have to make sure that like we're we're cool and so everybody i should say most people understood so we get there and you know we're we're drinking and everything and beforehand we do whatever we do and we're in the box and the show starts, and uh, we're sitting there, and I look over, and I see Todd smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you can't can't smoke in here, man. There's other, I'm like, can't smoke cigarettes. He's like, all right. So like an hour later, I think it's probably second set at this point, I look over, he's, you know, drunk, whatever, he's done, whatever he's, he's been doing. And I'm also, you know, at that point, I'm pretty drunk. And he he's sitting there smoking a cigarette again. And I go, Todd, I go, dude, do not smoke fucking cigarettes in here. And he go, he points to the box next to us and he goes, but they're doing it, man. <laughs> and I go, dude. I don't fucking care if they're fucking doing it. And I just like lost it in the yeah. middle of a fish show. Like, yeah. And I felt like his father. It was like, and that's sort of like the relationship towards at, at points, how, how I was with, with Todd was this. And I didn't feel like weird being like saying it to him. I, I felt like he was like my kid in a way, like yelling at him that just because somebody else is doing it, 
you know, doesn't, you know, you're not able to do it. And at that same show, there was a senior VP of HR who was in the box with us. She, she was really high up in the company, like really, really high. And she was there with her husband and two kids. And he starts talking to her during the show. And he asked her if he could get a job with <laughs> this company over it. She was, she was head of HR over in Europe. He said, can I work for you over in Europe? I'll take, I'll take clients out to lunch. Is that was his pitch. That was like his pitch to the, this senior VP person at, at my company. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, Normally, like, I would really be like, I can't believe one of my friends is talking to this person, but it was Todd. And, like, I didn't, at that point, it was just kind of comical. She didn't care. She was, you know, having a good time. She was at a, she was at a fish show. She, you know, she, you know, she knew what was up. You so, know? So, so she I mean, didn't, did she for a second think he was a viable candidate for the position? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I remember that show. Um, I was talking to him and he was like, dude, Rob's hooking me up. This is what he said. This is what I'm living for. He goes, there's going to be free food, free liquor, and it's, and it's free fish, you know? And I think he probably got ecstasy acid and definitely heroin, um, at that second show. But, um, you know, if, if nothing else, you made his year just with that. He felt like, because for, for Todd to be in a box at Fish and be taken care of, it like checks every box in his head. You know what I mean? That's happened yeah. for him. So, I mean. Well, it's funny. I remember um, I was thinking, when I was thinking about this, you had uh, talked to, to Allie, his sister, last year, and she told the story of how, like, he. They brought his sister and, and and her husband brought them brought him out to dinner, and Todd ordered like you know like whatever it was yeah fillet or lobster or whatever, and like it was sort of that thing of like Todd just being like what you know he didn't see anything wrong with it, and normally like that type of personality or that type of person you would really get pissed at. You probably wouldn't actually be friends with some of the things that Todd did, right? I mean, you, you probably wouldn't, but it, but the way that he did it, it didn't, it didn't come off that way. There wasn't, there was no malice in it. You know, it, it, there was a, a small sense of entitlement. It was a large sense of entitlement. It was a huge, but that, I mean, Todd was like, incre- like entitlement was his middle name, but he was, it was. lovable. It was just lovable. Yeah. His, it wasn't, and it wasn't like, it wasn't his upbringing. Like, you know, obviously his parents were well off. His father, you know, was a physician or, you know, uh, a, a dentist. dentist. Yeah. And, um, you know, well off, but it wasn't that, you know, you, I'm sure you have friends who, who come from well-off families who are, who are assholes, you know, every, everybody knows, you know, that wasn't the way with Todd. He didn't, that wasn't his, he didn't get that, you know, you didn't feel that from him. It was just, it was a sense of entitlement, you know, certainly it was, Hey, I'm a waiter. I need to have the best, you know, tables i need to work the best shifts even if i just start 
Well, it was like if you bought a bag of weed, he'd need the best pieces of the bag of weed. And if he, <laughs> if he, if whatever he bought, he needed the best of it. If you split something with him, he, but at the same time, these, you know, he wasn't a dick. It was like, no. it, it was idiosyncratic perfection with Todd, all that shit, like going through a bag of nuggets and him like deciding between three small nuggets and a big fat nugget. And he would never take the big fat nugget cause it'd have too many stems, but he wanted the big nuggets so he could show off with it. You know, that kind of shit was the best, you know? Yeah. Just classic, you know? Yeah, and normally that normally that type of person, you'd be like, you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't hang with them, right? I, I mean, I'd imagine, but it was Todd, so, yeah. So what do you mean when you say uh, you felt like a father figure to him? What was that about? The father figure thing was, I think, he and, and, and our other friend, Sean, when I... I don't know, probably 12 years ago, 15 years ago at this point, um, when I lived in, you know, I was single, those two lived with me. Like I had a house, you know, I had, you know, I had a career and everything and, and Todd and Sean lived with me and it was just like those guys, they weren't, they weren't working and and stuff like that. And, And my other, my other buddy called it the home of wayward youth. Right. I mean, it was, you know, and, and I did feel that way. And, and I did have conversations with him around, you know, that in which I felt like I was a father and which I, you know, I'm not, I, I was, I'm not, I'm your friend, I, you know, but it's odd, you know, it's odd having that, that sort of feeling. I think that's a common, it's common. Like I remember me and him live with Jeremy in California and me and him were the youth and Jeremy had his shit together. I think it's like common dynamics when you're dealing with total drug addicts, you know? Um, and that's what, that's what we're talking about, you know? But, um, it's another year. It's another happy birthday to Todd and Rob. I think your stories are perfect. Well, I hope so. I hope they're, I hope they, Makes sense. No, they do. And thank you for coming on. And uh, and hopefully when this stupid thing is over, we could actually see each other again. There's Rob. Yay. I think it's funny when Rob goes, I hope they make sense. Because it's hard. Like, you wonder if these stories make sense because they're so crazy. Like, if you don't know the person, you're like, these stories are ridiculous. But when you know the person, they do make sense. You know what I mean? I guess that's the case when you're dealing with such crazy times and... Um, I just believe situations. that like that that drug addicts all know somebody like Todd if they're not like Todd. Like Todd is like an archetype among amongst addicts and of course like he was one in a million, he's one yeah. of a kind, he's unique, he's our friend, but like if you're a stoner or if you're a drug addict, you knew someone who did shit like Todd did shit, right. you know, and uh, and he lived for that. I mean, he- I love the story that the, Todd talked to the woman who's like this high up in Rob's company, and Rob, part of him was probably like, "Oh my god, I can't believe Todd's talking to this woman," but the other part of him was probably like, knowing that she probably loved Todd, and was that was like the best, might might have been the best part of her night because he's so charming and fun. You know, like separate from drugs, like, you know, okay, Todd did drugs and we know that. But there was also this piece where he was just super fun to be with regardless, you know, like just a good time. And uh, he had balls, though. This high up of a company who probably wasn't fucked up much at all since Rob said her kids were there or they're in a box, whatever. Probably had a very good time talking to Todd, asking Todd, asking her to get him a job in Europe to work for work for the company. 
Todd lacked. I'm, Todd had he game. He probably could have gotten the job no, too. No, he, he had game, but he lacked follow through. Like he could right. like dazzle somebody in the moment, but he couldn't. And the next day, he wouldn't answer the phone. Yeah, he'd forget about <laughs> it. He'd be like, "What?" Yeah. You know. Um, so after Todd died, I got this email. And I never read it on the show. After Chris and Todd died, I got a lot of emails that I like. I was like in mourning or grief or trauma or whatever, and mm-hmm. I didn't read them. But um, I, I heard from this woman again, and I just thought it would be smart to read it on the show now. So, do you want to read it? Sure. All right. Hi, Dave. My name is Glorianne, and I was a lifelong friend of Todd's. I became aware of your dopey podcast after he passed and started listening. I have been meaning for weeks to email you and Chris, and this morning I finally composed the email. I went to my dopey podcast list to make sure I was spelling Artie Lang's name right to find out that Chris died. I hadn't listened to the show yet. I'm sorry, I hadn't listened to the last show yet. I am so, so very sorry to hear this. Between losing Todd and now Chris, I can only imagine how you are feeling. Todd was a very dear friend of mine, and his death has hit me pretty deeply. Strangely enough, finding out about Chris's death today made me really sad. Somehow, it was like I got to know him after listening so much in the past month. I listened to your podcast from this past weekend, and the last one you did with Chris today while driving around for work. And again, I am so sorry about your loss and the pain that his family and girlfriend are experiencing. And for what it's worth... This is the email I was originally about to send. Hello, Dave and Chris. I love the podcast. Unfortunately, the way I discovered it was a result of the tragic death of our friend Todd. I knew Todd since I moved from New Jersey in second grade to Clifton Park, New York. We became buds by sixth grade, good friends in junior high, and that's the way we stayed until the day he died. I can't say... We saw much of each other in the last few decades, but I'd like to think that was because of distance. He was all over the place for years in New York City, and I spent tw- my 20s in Buffalo, New York, then have been in, been living in New- Chicago since 2014. Despite all of that, we never lost touch. I could always count on him to reach out on my birthday every year, and it's the day before his, and then I'd contact him following day for his birthday, even though we just spoke. It's a tradition I'll miss every year for as long as I live. And I remember Todd talking about Glorianne about that. I knew Todd struggled with addiction, but I have to say that until I listened to the shows that you had him on, I didn't have a full understanding of how horrible his struggles really were. I hadn't talked to him about it in years, and I'm pissed at myself for not asking him more questions. At the same time, I don't think he would have been very honest with me about what was going on anyway. Even though we spend time with each other in our adult years, I still see him as this pipsqueak in seventh grade running around with his collar up, spiked hair, long in the back, sporting <laughs> high tops. I remember our endless conversations about how he, we could get more popular and our hysterical laughs at the most ridiculous things. Our inside jokes from when we were kids still were thrown around between us up until the last time we had contact I had contact with him on April 24th along with, and I love you, see you soon. We just celebrated our friend Rob's wedding a few weeks ago. He was supposed to be there, and let me tell you, it was bittersweet. It was a bittersweet evening because we were all missing someone terribly that night. Anyway, thank you for your podcast. Strangely enough, 
It has been a, been a big part of my grieving process. It's given me a much greater insight in the beast of addiction and a better understanding of my friend who left this world much too soon. I wish he was as invested in recovery as the both as the both of you and won the battle. However, I don't think he really wanted to, and that's the worst part. Dave, I don't think I ever met you through the years, but I did hang with Linda a few times when we visited the crew in Oswego, and I think in Clifton Park, too. Not sure if she remembers me, but said my best. I do, actually. Chris, I, too, grew up very Catholic, so... I'm with you on the life after death situation. I don't think I would have made it through lots if I didn't believe that there was something even better after this. I think they can all see us, but only when there is joy or when we really need them. I'd like to think there is no more hurt in heaven. Oh, and by the way, we no way Artie Lang was sober when you interviewed him. <laughs> Just saying. Also, Allison, Vince's wife that you had on the show, told me of four episodes that Todd was on, but I heard Chris mention there were six. Could you guys let me know which ones? Keep up the great work. I'm now addicted to you guys. Congratulations on your sobriety and making something great out of it. I wish I was turned on to Dopey for a reason other than Todd passing away. All my best. Glorianne Capo Miller. Yeah. Yay. And um, it's a great email. She's not the only one that uh, I heard from another woman in California um, who had heard, who was listening to This American Life, and she heard Todd on, you know, because they played his voice, Mm -hmm. and she couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? And, And she wrote me, and it's like, it's just crazy to think about that this show is randomly out there, and somebody could just hear it, and then remember Todd or Chris or it's just crazy. The whole thing is insane. Um, But I I do feel like, uh, and it's so corny. I feel fortunate. Like I feel fortunate for our life. I feel fortunate for, for, you know, everything that we have and, and the show. And I feel fortunate to have my memories of Todd and to be able to do a show like a our, tribute. I, I feel fortunate to do a tribute, but I yeah. also feel fortunate that our show is about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit, which were Todd's three favorite things. Right. You know, he loved, well, drugs and dumb shit, and he was total addiction. <laughs> um, and I could tell the same stories about Todd every day because I love the stories. And I've, right. I've told the seizure story infinite times on mm-hmm. the show, and I've told the story of us driving back from L.A., uh, you know, and getting busted a bunch of times. And, and we got busted driving both directions across the country. And um, he was just like, people would say Todd wouldn't stick his neck out for you. People, people, if you didn't know him or if you knew him in his mm. worst times, they would describe him as somebody that wouldn't go to bat for you. And right. you would, and that's not true. Because mm. like, I, I was thinking about Todd and it's like, in retrospect, it wasn't good what he did, but it just showed what he was willing to do. Mm. And um, I think I told this story once on Dopey, but either way, I was in Los Angeles and, and I was living with him. And, and actually, Todd and I had set up a two-man band and we thought we were the White Stripes and we would oh, play in no. the garage and he, he was a terrible drummer. So guitar I was, and drummer. And I was okay. a terrible guitar player. Who was the singer? Are you both Me? I was the like singer. Duets? No, I was the singer. And um, 
And I, I had, and Todd smoked meth. You know, he was into meth okay. when I got there. And I'm sure I, that really helped the band out. Yeah, and I got into shooting meth and shooting meth, and then I started to get dope, and I got into shooting uh, sure the meth and the dope. were a great band at that point. We were never good, even before <laughs> all that, but that, that, made us, that made us amazing. Yeah. Um, and I was constantly seeking treatment out there. And, uh, oh, okay. I was, was Todd t- constantly seeking treatment? No. I got Todd on methadone. I put Todd in a detox once, and Todd left the detox because the food wasn't good enough. Right. He hated the food, so he left. Oh, man, that was the craziest story. Um, we go to detox, right? He leaves early. and Because he, he didn't, because of the food. The food well, he no wanted good. to use, but he left he because of the food. He wasn't comfortable. Yeah. Todd wanted to be comfortable in yeah. detox. So he goes back to my house, and I get there a few days later, and um, I'm sitting on the floor, and I'm still like in a little bit of withdrawal. And I look at his backpack, and I, I just see like I don't know, I don't know why I did it, but I opened up the little pocket in his backpack, and there were these big plastic bags full of heroin, full of balloons. Wow! And he had like, and he's like, I was like, dude, what the fuck is this? He goes. I don't even know where that came from, man. <laughs> and I was like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, what? I was like, dude, you don't have 24 balloons of heroin that you forgot about when you were in detox. You obviously just got it. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and I was like, well, we're doing it all right now. Oh, no. and, and I just got out of treatment. He's like, dude, you just got out of treatment. I was like, dude, you're in my house and you have all this fucking heroin. I'm not going to not do it. Wow. You know. And we wound up relapsing immediately. But the story I was going to tell was, I kept going to this free treatment center in LA um, because I didn't want to tell my parents and I could just go there and clean up for a week or whatever. And I was like, I, f- I was like, I need to go someplace nice. And my dad hates these stories, but I called, mm-hmm. I called my parents to put me in this nice place and they put me in this pretty nice place. It was like, it was like a sober house, but it was a detox. It was All a nice right. house. And I went down there um, I think I went there for to go for 28 days. And I want to say a weekend, I called Todd. And they let you have visitors. And a oh, weekend, I, ca- I called Todd and I was like, dude, you got to bring me a, a bundle of dope. I, I'm like, I feel too sick. I, I need you to bring me fucking dope. Right. And he's like, you're in detox. I'm not going to bring you dope. I was like, just do it, please. So he drives down from L.A. to what a, where... What a guy. Whatever town it was. I mean, we were idiots, but, right. like, he shows up, you know, like, he, he risked his, his safety and whatever, and he sure. winds up giving me a bunch of dope in the in the detox. And I know, like, if I heard someone tell me the story, I would say, that guy's not your friend or that guy's whatever. Right, but in your world, that was a huge, like, friendship move. Yeah, it meant something to me that he did it. And then, like, I got, I think I got higher than I had ever been in that place. And you were in detox high? I was out of my mind. So, what did you hide? Were you hiding from everybody? How did they not see how high you were? Well, they, because it was probably not a great great place. But, (laughs) uh, but as soon as I was wasted, I I was like, I got to leave. And I called him up and I called him up and he came and he picked me up. Friend coming right back to the rescue. But, um, you know, I wish he could have, uh, but that's a good, that's a, that's a crazy story. Yeah. And, um, and then I'd been sick in other places and he would, sh- he would ship it to me and I love Todd. Todd. Well, Todd clearly liked to have you be high too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hello. That was a very big part of our story. You know, that tell it. 
Well, no, just that when you had had your when we had our daughter and you were kind of trapped at home as a new dad with a baby. Not at all to blame Todd. Hello. It's I think it was when you were pregnant. It's complete. Well, it's from when I was pregnant on, but you know that was almost a risk to you guys breaking up. Like we talked about earlier in the show, like when you find that buddy, that drug buddy, that's a major relationship, and then to think that it's going to end is very scary. And and so yeah, I think when you became a father, it was probably um, hard to accept that that could be the end of the of the of, of, of that relationship. But the truth is that that relationship had ended over and over and over and right. over again. Right. And, and ultimately, it's it's no one's else's responsibility for what we do, but. You know, that was a very, very interesting part of all of the dynamics between Todd and you and me and our family is as your relationship with Todd started to sort of break up in a way is because you started to have children and started to form a relationship with me. And you really were at a crossroads. It was almost like Linda, Nora, or Todd. Because well, Todd was your was your other relationship, the well Todd and the, and drugs. It was really because what they it, would, Todd clearly was your drug buddy, right? Well, he it was like and your and and not to undermine the fact friendship. that he was a major friend, someone you loved, you know, and I loved him as well. So it wasn't just Todd equals drugs. I mean, Todd was an amazing guy, regardless. However. It was all so intertwined. I see it. I don't see it that way. I I found it to be very complicated. I see it. And looking back on it, I see it very simply as I always thought of it like like Pinocchio, you know, like in Pinocchio where they go to the island and they become donkeys and, and like, or Peter Pan with the Lost Boys, like, where like you are children. And Mm -hmm. you're going to do everything you can to do the wrong thing and be kids and be wild and be stupid. And me and Todd had parents that were very similar, these sort of like middle of the road Jewish parents that wanted to control us. And we were like, fuck you. We want to do what we want to do. And we lived this rebellion. And when you got pregnant... Like that story had to change for me, or else I wasn't going to be a father. Right, your narrative you know? had to change, and Todd never had to make that change. You know, and he stayed the course of being uh, in rebellion, right. of being of being a kid. And I and I had to, I had to, I didn't have to, but I made the shift to be an right. adult. And and I think it. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I think he could have made that shift. You know, that it could have happened for him. It didn't get to happen for him. Right. You know, and um, and I think that's it. You know, like, what the fuck? You know, it didn't have to happen for me, but it did. You know, it doesn't have to happen for anybody. Right. Anybody that gets sober probably knows what I'm talking and plenty about. Of, and plenty of people overdose and die with families and with children. You know, so, I mean, no we could go field. on and go, well, you had a family. Right. Well, that doesn't mean shit for a lot of people who also, you know... OD. So, you know, it's just, 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 you know. Anyway, we always go back to this because there was a very long time where I, I had resentments towards, you know, Dave and towards Todd and towards this and towards that. But, but ultimately what it, what it comes down to is, is, um, when somebody's, you know, ready to, to get well and, and, and turn, turn their lives around. I do, I think that does, ha- I think it happens. And and unfortunately, Todd wasn't. He didn't get to be ready. 
he didn't get to be ready. I was just talking to a friend to my my very one of my very best friends today about Todd, where I hate to say like he snorted heroin and there was fentanyl in it, but I still feel like he was like in a way like murdered. Like, he was like, like murdered. Like and it, and it's such a weird. And we talked a lot about it. Like it's such a. Sh- Weird way of looking at it, but this isn't somebody who had a death wish, right? This isn't the person that was like, fuck it, I'm just going to do, like, like I think in Nicolas Cage and uh, what, Leaving, Leaving Las, Las Vegas, Vegas yeah. you know, he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to drink until I die. Like, Todd really wasn't, that wasn't the deal. Like, I, I just imagine him just saying, I'm just going to do Get two bags. Take, take a couple sniffs on my key of some, of, of some heroin. heroin, and then he died, and it's just, not to say that anybody deserves to die, and, and or it's like, you get what you deserve. Like, fuck that. But it's so heartbreaking to me that he probably got the teeny tiniest little bit of fentanyl and a little powder of a little sniff, and then he died in his basement of his parents' house. And um, this is not a person that was, like, out just going crazy, just trying to, like, get as fucked up as he could. No, he also didn't have any money. And right. and he, I mean, like, so just, it, breaks, it was that, a flu. That part of the story breaks my heart. And the same thing with, you know, we don't know Chris's deal, but we know this fucking fentanyl was it's, the case with both of them. It's, it's different with, with... Dangerous. It's, it's different. Hell. It's different with the two of them. The craziest thing about Todd... With the same... It's different, but the same thing killed them both. But the... the cra- uh, yeah. The craziest thing about Todd to me is they never found bags. They never found the drugs. You know, right. I, I, I imagine him doing the drugs... Like in his car, like I picture it, like him yeah. him sniffing dope in his car, throwing the bags into the garbage, and going home to just chill going and upstairs watch the and have some ice cream. No, he, or something. he he like took he he got naked because they found him naked. He got in the shower and he got out of the shower and I think and um right. and and he, they either found him naked before or after his shower and I imagined him using before he went upstairs and um you know all I know is that um. The world is a much sadder place without him, and I'm happy that we got to do a show about Todd. You know, fuck it. I know. You know? When you're you're grieving and and you you kind of relive the story just because that's what we do, you know, it's part of the process. But regardless, yeah, I'm glad that we get to talk about him today. Yeah, I mean, and... and, uh, I don't know. You know, I wanted. I would like to do it every 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 day. Uh, no, every. They would like to do a tribute show to Todd and Chris every day. <laughs> well, I mean, how crazy thinks, is it? Yeah. You know, well, because you love your friends and you miss them. Yeah, and um, like you just listened to that old show and it was such a good time. You know, yeah. What I, mean? I told Dave. Dave was like, "Should we cut this? This is too long." I'm like, "Play the whole thing," because right. it was. It's so fun to hear. Before before we're done, I just want to mention. Last week, like, Dopey hit, like, mainstream media. It was oh, pretty weird. Boy. Very weird, right? It's weird. Well, it's funny the way they go. What was the thing they said about what they call you? They said, they said the host who's only known as Dave. Dave. You like that? Very ominous. You like, you like ominous. Ominous. You like that? <laughs> I think it's weird, yeah. How, and it's on Extra and all this shit. But extra, like, CNN. What was all the things? It was on a lot of stuff. But they didn't even like. But talk then they about show a picture of like Bruce Willis them and all in like these striped pajamas and they're quarantined. Well, it doesn't. It didn't. It was not. They didn't tell the story of Dopey. They didn't tell Scout Willis' story. They didn't do anything. And then I went to see your mom today. I dropped off the the groceries, and she goes, 
Dave, I saw you in Newsday. That's really Newsday. She, she goes, that's really cool. And I was that's like, big thanks. Time. I was like, thanks, Sue. And she goes, do you think Bruce Willis is mad at you? And <laughs> no, I said, she did. she did. And I said, I think he is. I do. I think Bruce Willis is mad at me. What do you think? Do you think he's what's, mad at Scout? What's that movie where he was a real badass, Bruce Willis? Die Hard. Die Hard. Or Paul Faye. He's a badass in every movie. I love him. Maybe he'll come over and want to talk to you, and then I'll invite him in. You'd like that? I would like that. Have, have tea with Bruce Willis? Have some tea. Anyway, thank you for doing the show. Um, thank you for having me. My pleasure. I'm going to leave it with this thing. Um, when we found out Todd died, um, do you remember... Like, I screamed at Nora. Like, me and Nora went to go... Me and Nora went to go to the pool. And the pool was closed. It hadn't opened yet. And then I took Nora to get pizza. And um, she was upset about something. And I, like, screamed at her. My best friend just died. Or Do you remember that story? I, I, you, were, you were just, you know, a train wreck, so... And then I got home, and I let Nora out of the car, and I was like, I just got to go for a drive or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I start driving, and I put on the radio, and um, the radio played Pink Floyd, Pigs on a Wing. Right. And I'd never heard the song. Really? In my life. And I'm a huge Pink Floyd yeah, fan. Yeah, it's such a good song. And, um, and it just made me think of Todd. Like, just, just the lyrics made me think of Todd. Yes, the baby's up and crying. Um, she wants you. She's saying, yeah. Mommy. We hear it. Sorry. We hear the baby going, Mommy, Mommy. And um, She knows the, the best parent to call. Yes. And the lyrics, and now, like, I'm, Pigs on a Wing is Todd for me. And it was like, it's like, you know that I care what happens to you. You know, and I know that that you care for me too. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. like, and it's like in the end, me and Todd were barely friends because he was out there. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and so I'm gonna leave the, I'm gonna end the show with pigs on a wing because it makes me think of him, and it's uh, you know, it gives me the chills. Anyway, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and uh, fucking toodles for Chris and Todd, and uh, yeah. everyone be safe out there. Be safe. Good night.
Until I get some money in my pocket Then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Airplane just passed me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller Oh, yeah.